Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to Beyond Reality Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm your host, Evan Jensen. With us today is your other host, Kelly Griffin, and the one and the only, Jen Reynolds. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a... Today we will be talking about a exorcism that took place with our guest, um, Cindy Sauer. Um, and I just want to read a little bit about the entire deal and some of her bio for the people that are listening so we know what's going on here and who Cindy is. Not that anybody doesn't know who Cindy is. We all, actually, it's a pretty big case. Um, But anyway, first of all, welcome Cindy, Jan, and Kelly to the show. Hello. Hey. All right, so Cindy was born in 1974 in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Her family moved back to her parents' home, state of Georgia, where she grew up outside Conyers, her earliest experience with the paranormal occurred around the age of five years, when she was about five years old. She and her sister witnessed her recently deceased great-grandmother at the edge of their bed late one night. From that moment, she is intrigued by the spirits and the afterlife. She sought books and papers on the matter from, from the moment she learned to read. So I guess we could say that she's uh, been in paranormal for a while, obviously. As an adult, she, she dabbled in amateur paranormal investigating around her longtime hometown social circle with her brother and best friend. She enjoyed it as a weekend hobby and was successful in being drawn to places that produced good evidence. She also sang lead in a band for several years during this time. Most of all, she enjoyed being a mother to three girls and a wife to her husband, Jim. Her happiness was cut short in 2009 when her husband took his own life. And that's a really tragic, Cindy, by the way. I feel yeah. really bad about that. Um, he took his life unexpectedly. She was left to raise her children and deal with an insurmountable grief that weighed heavy on her. On her. Months after she began experiencing things in her home, she knew was paranormal in nature from her previous experiences. Little did she know she was dealing with something far more sinister than she could have ever fathomed. In the months and years to follow, her nightmare became so terrifying that she sought out the help of a professional paranormal team and a priest. None of them could have foreseen the ongoing battles that would ensue for all of them. It was a real and horrible war against evil itself. And so, this leads us to the exorcism of Cindy Sauer, and, and uh, you know, as I was reading some of your YouTube videos, Cindy, and I, I started on it about, you know, not even 8 to, to 12 minutes into the video, I turned it off. Um, they were scary, and I like scary, that doesn't bother me, but these, you could just sense, or you could just feel that there's an evil presence, even talking about 
the case. Um, and so I, you know, I didn't finish them. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, people are messaging me going, well, where do I see this video? And I'm like, are you, and I'm telling them, Cindy, are you sure you really want to see this, you know, this case? Do you really want to know about it? Do you really want to get involved in knowing about it? And they have to, and I have to explain to them why. They don't seem to understand the important, the importance of such a serious case. With that said, you know, with that said, and I, I'm pretty sure, you know, you can, if I ask you a question, you know, and you don't like it, just say, none of your damn business, and, and I will, uh, you know, I'll blame it on Jan or Kelly here. So, but I'll be asking you some questions as okay. I ask you to break down, you know, what happened with this case and so forth. And I'll stop you and then I'll ask you some questions that'll lead into more and a little more in depth. So, um, with that said, if you could tell us, you know, now when, when you were raising your kids and uh, started a, a the point where your husband then uh, took his life. Yes. What happened? What led up to that? Was there any signs, or you know, how did that all come about? Well, um, uh, there there were signs. Um, we were going through a bit of a rough patch at the time, and um, I. You know, our marriage was a difficult marriage. I mean, we, we, you know, we had great times, but we had some not so great times. And at that point, I had actually, um, we had separated. So I was living up the street um, with a friend of mine with the kids, and he was still at our house. Um, and, you know, I would, I would go over there regularly and just, you know, talk to him and, and help him with things. And um, I'm just not the kind of person to to just abandon someone. You know, I, I care too much about people, and I, I'm not one to – I don't like hurt to hurt people. I just don't. So it was important to me to still be there. But um, it, as much as I did, it, 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 it didn't do much good, I guess. Um, there were things that he had issues with long before that and even before I met him. And I think it just caught up with him. And um, one day I got a phone call from a friend that said I needed to go to my house. And um, I kind of knew before um, I I got there what was going on. But when I did get there, uh, my yard was full of um, emergency vehicles and uh, police officers. And um, they eventually, you know, came to me and told me that, that they had found him deceased. So um, that's kind of what, what led up to, you know, the, the suicide. So had he been, had he been depressed or, uh, you know, for a long period, was this over a long period of time or just a short period of time? And no, it was. It was over a long period of time. Um, even before I met him, um, he had suffered issues with depression and alcoholism. Um, so it was um, throughout our marriage that he was a he was a great person. He was you know he was not a bad person, but he had a lot of things 
that he had never dealt with and, and a lot of depression. Um, and like I said, the alcoholism, he battled it a long time. And he did uh, get clean and sober. But, it, and a lot of people will tell you who know alcoholics or who have been, have dealt with it that just because you're you're clean doesn't mean you're not an alcoholic and you still deal with the same emotions and um, mental issues that you had sometimes before. And he continued to deal with that uh, throughout that time. And um, I think that it, it really had a negative effect on the relationship. So when I made the decision to to separate from him, it was, you know, for it was for the best for my kids and for me. And I knew that. And I had to make a choice between, you know, continuing on through what was happening or to try to separate from that and for us to, to you know, maybe heal and regain things and move forward separately. So um, he just, he had a lot to deal with. He had a lot he had always dealt with. And it just kind of got to be too much, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, from some of the cases that we've seen and, and, you know, maybe witnessed or even investigated, you know, it seems like there's always some sort of basis for whatever evil might, you know, find its way into to a person's life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, with depression and, or maybe there's some sort of mental illness of some sort, um, and it makes you wonder, you know, if, if these people are easy to target by the demonic or, you know, what if they're easy to influence or, you know, that sort of thing. So, okay, so your husband, he takes his own life, and I know this is hard to talk about, obviously, and I feel bad for asking, but what, how did he do that? Did he Did he take, like, medicine or something, Cindy, or, or what? He yeah. actually, um, he actually uh, shot himself. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he put a gun under his um, chin. And, uh, that's yeah. really tragic. And now this is this happened inside your house. Yeah, it happened in our bedroom. Ah. Okay. So. All right. So. Um. How, now. Gosh, it's really hard to break down this case because I didn't get that far into it because I, I didn't, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's hard. It was hard to watch. You know, I, I, I told Evan, you know, I was like, I, I, it just made me so sad for you. You know what you'd been through. You'd already been through, you know, that loss, that tragic, tragic loss, and then to have to go through, you know, what, what you did as well, just. You know, it just broke my heart, but it was scary. You know, I watched until you were attacked outside in the front yard the second time, and um, it just, it made my stomach sick because I was like, you know, anyone that has ever seen that evil, you know, it does make you sick because you know what it is. I mean, I've dealt with that in my lifetime some, and it's, uh, it's really, really hard to see. But one question I was wondering is when you, when you first started seeing um, the aberration of your loved one, at any point did you feel like that, you know, how do you say, did you, did you ever feel like that was 
him not being okay, or did you always know that, you know, this other thing was from somewhere else? Well, the the time that he was seen, um, and, well, it when it, it appeared that he was there, it was actually my daughter who saw it. And um, I, you know, the, she was extremely distraught. Um, I've got I've, I've got more than one um, child. They I, I wanted to leave the other children because they were younger um, out of the show. That was per my request. So I, it wasn't just me raising my daughter. It was me raising four children. Um, and um, when she saw him, it was it was extremely difficult for her. And she's a strong kid. And it, she even she knew something wasn't right because she said he looked angry, and you know, I wanted to believe okay maybe he's just upset that there was something tugging at me that that just I knew it wasn't him. There was something inside me that knew this is not him because you know we're still angry at him. We're still upset at him at this point. Our emotions are extremely raw. You feel resentment. There are so many things with a suicide that you go through that you it, that's not like a normal loss of a loved one. It, it's completely a different um, a different process, and it's not something that you know you don't go through the grief process. It skips around, and it and it it never really goes away. Um, you you're, you don't have questions that are answered, so. At this point, we're still extremely, you know, volatile. And for her to see that, I knew good and well that it wasn't something that she'd just seen. I knew she had seen something. And when I went outside after she saw this, I was angry. I was extremely angry. And I yelled and I screamed. And that's when this this lug nut just came. It came out of it came out of thin air, and it blew right past me, inches from my face. And um, I knew then that something was wrong. But even though you have that feeling in your gut, you want to, you know, you want to, you want to dismiss it. You're there's nothing in you that sits and thinks, okay, well, this is a demon. You know, you don't. You, that's not what you want to think. I mean, that's definitely not what you want to happen. And I was alone with kids. And no one to fall back on. My family, a lot of them had completely, you know, brushed me off. Um, they were, some of them were calling me a murderer. Um, the people who used to be our friends wanted nothing to do with me anymore. Um, I had very limited amount of people who were there that I could, you know, confide in. And you can't tell people stuff like this. You can't say, hey, guess what happened? I mean, you know, they're going to think, okay, she's grieving. But you know, I, I was handling this and, you know, just trying to do the best I could. So that's the last thing I wanted to think. Yeah, I didn't want to go there. Yeah, I and a lot of times, a lot of times I think they, um, you know, I think they play on us. You know, when when you are grief-stricken, when you're angry, when you're scared, and, you know, there's, we've discussed that shape-shifting thing before. They can appear as anything that you want. Really, and it's they uh, absolutely can. Yeah, they do, and they do. They're they're opportunistic. They're they're predators, and if they find a weak spot, 
and the conditions are right. I mean, that's the best way that I can explain it. They're gonna they're gonna take full advantage of that. I mean, they are. There are people who have issues with these things and don't know what it is. They have no clue. Um, thank God, you know, most people don't suffer from full blown possession, but they are influential um, with people, and they, I mean, they. They can tell you what to do. They can um, they can talk to you. They they can be your inner voice, and you don't even know it. Uh, it's it's very um, it's very subtle at first, and uh, that's it, it. It's easier the weaker you are, the easier it is. And I've seen that with addiction, and you know, I too had um, an experience with this a couple of years ago, and um, it just like you said, I mean, there's you don't have it. There's no way you don't know how to deal with it. You do the best you can, and there are a lot of questions. You know, I, I was really thankful. I watched the part where um, your friend knew something was wrong, and I was like, thank God he recognized that because a lot of people wouldn't. They wouldn't know what to do. But maybe because of his past, he he knew what he was looking at, and he knew it wasn't you. And I was like, uh, say the yeah. word <laughs> when you were trying, you know, when you in the name of Jesus, and you tried so hard, and then you finally got it out, and I was like, oh, thank God. And that's, you know, that faith is. Don't you think that's usually the only thing that can, that can defeat them? Period. Absolutely. If if Jason hadn't, if I if I hadn't met him, if I hadn't met him when I did, um, I don't know what would have happened. And for the first few months that we knew each other. And everything was fine, and we dated, and it was great. And he knew that I, um, you know, was interested in paranormal things or not, you know. But I didn't really tell him there were things going on in the house. But he started experiencing things when he was over. So, you know, it was a relief to find out that he wasn't just going to think I was just some freaking loony bat. And um, so we, it wasn't until we went to the... Um, house that we went to to kind of do you know do a little amateur investigating that things that's what that's the night that things just just exploded and as much as it shows on the show it was a lot worse than that it was a heck of a lot um we went there during the day we had found it um and i was just drawn to this house we went there during the day just to go inside and just kind of look around to get our bearings. And um, we experienced stuff during the day in there. So we knew at night it would probably, you know, just produce some activity. And um, I have since actually gotten in touch with the people who lived in that house. And it was very active. I've seen pictures of it during the 70s, during the 80s. Uh, the woman showed me, uh, she sent me pictures and stuff. So that house is extremely active. But um, when we went, and, and the the one they show on the the one on the show is it looks like a little dilapidated barn. This place was huge; it was massive, um, big, tall columns outside, and it was just a, it was a huge house. And it, the inside, it looked it was really odd because it had only been sitting for a couple of years, but yet the inside the, the walls were covered in this black. Um, God, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was mold, but it was everywhere. 
And um, the chandeliers had all these cobwebs hanging from them. It was it was like a movie set. It was really strange. But um, when we went back that night, uh, it was really bad getting out of the car. It just it, it was just oppressive. So we really we never made it inside the house um, that night. And that's when this um, thing. Uh, I mean, it's. This thing was, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 feet tall. Oh, crap. And it was like a, it was like a vapor, like you see on a hot road, you know, on a summer day. It was huge. And this was nighttime, but you could still see this vapor. And it had so much energy that it went through this tree and it literally, it was almost like it twisted this giant tree coming toward us. And it came at us, and before I could get into the car, which I, it wouldn't have made a difference if I'd gotten in the car or not, it, it hit me. And that's when things got really bad. Um, I mean, it just, it, it was, it, we, we, we got out of there, but we stopped at the bottom of the driveway, and I was, I don't know what happened. I, I was, it was there, and it was inside me at that point. And um, it does show that part on the show. I was finally, you know, I, I didn't shake it. We had to stop again on the way home, and things got really bad in a parking lot. And um, I was, I was making noises. And and I'm keep in mind that during these, I call them attacks because, I mean, I don't. That's just what I've always called them. Um, I'm aware most of the time. I'm awake and aware of what's going on. So it's not like I black out and I don't remember. I know what's happening to my body, and I know that it's there, and I know that it's it's coming forward and it's pushing me back. And that's the first time it 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 had happened to me. So I was completely confused. And this thing comes forward, and I start to make these noises, these hissing noises, and these guttural sounds, and they're they're like coming from really deep inside me and just vibrating, and it, I stayed that way, and I coughed, and I couldn't breathe, and I, I think I stayed that way for, I don't know, Jason would have to tell you, but I, I think a good 10 minutes before he finally got it to stop. Yeah, and, there were uh, points where you, you know, like in the show, it showed that, you know, Jason and your daughter were looking, they knew what they were looking at. They knew that that was not you and that you're not capable of those sounds or or it was completely against your nature. And, you know, so that's, I think that was good, don't you? I mean, that they were able to see and because you probably felt inside, like, what's happening to me? You know, like, what's going mm-hmm. on? It was, it was horrible. That first night, I thought we thought maybe it was an isolated incident. There's something that just jumped me, you know? And, um, but I was really weak after that. It took me a couple of days to recover because when these things happen, it, it takes, takes a lot out of you. And, um, I cried a lot that next day. I was really weak and tired and it was scary just the thought of it. Because when you come into contact with something like that, it, it messes with every part of your being. And, you know, there's nothing that it, that it doesn't inside of you that it doesn't, um, it, it it stars it. It just stars it. That's the best way I can put it. And um, 
I, I tried to forget about it at that point, but there are other things that happened that, you know, that kept kept happening. Um, I I didn't really get more attacks full blown, but I would I couldn't I couldn't be around prayer. I couldn't be around religious objects. Um, I I knew when Jason was praying, and it would make me really mad. I would get extremely upset. And um, it's when I started hearing things in different languages. Um, And it would say things, you know, like it said something and we translated it and it was your God bows to me. Um, Just stuff that I don't, you know, I have no idea where these words came from, but I was saying them. And it was just, it was strange, strange things. It just kept getting worse. People were seeing things. We were seeing things this big black shadow that would move around the house and it would come always into my room and we would hear it in the walls. We would hear it in the ceiling. We would hear it scratch and groan and growl and hiss just during the day at night all the time. It just, it got, it progressively got worse. And um, so, so you had this activity now, how long again, roughly was it? From your husband's uh, death to the time that this start, stuff started happening, it was about it was about a year and a half um, when before after his death before the first what I call the first attack. Okay, okay. So let me ask you before we get continuing on here. Um, okay. I, what I'm doing right now, and it's really weird, I don't know, it, I'm sort of like obsessed, not obsessed, um, I'm sort of like, as you're talking, I, I'm putting up the mental picture in my mind, and so what I do when I went on, cause I, when I went on these types of cases, I finally stopped because they were getting too much, so as you're talking, I'm like, okay, and I'm, I'm kind of like picturing everything, and um. So if I stop and ask you a question, this why it's like I'm putting it into a, a, a like a mental picture here, and and uh, so the one question I wanted to ask you, and I'm, I had a question come up in my inbox. Okay. They wanted to know if your husband, uh, what what type of person he was, and again, if I ask you something, you you know, and you don't want to talk about it, just say, hey, you know, I'd prefer not to talk about it, and we're good, because uh, I can get nosy sometimes. Your husband, so the question I guess is, was your husband the type of person that was kind or, you know, did he, was he violent in any way or, you know, what was there anything that would lead you to it being the spirit of your husband at this point? Maybe well, he was, I mean, he was a, he was a good, good person. He had a good heart, but he did have a temper. Um, and I don't, you know, it's not something that I, I mentioned much, but um, there were some incidents of abuse um, during our marriage. So, um, you know, he he wasn't an evil person and, you know, had never dabbled in anything. In fact, he was pretty, pretty afraid of, of anything that was paranormal. He completely disagreed with anything I did as far as, traipsing through graveyards and trying to get, you know, EVPs. He did not like that idea at all. But um, we actually, uh, the the more that we have researched and looked at things, we believe that 
the origin of all of this is a generational issue. Um, I've uh, been able to, you know, remember some things and we've researched some stuff and think that this is something that has been attached to my family. And um, why I got the brunt of it, I don't know yet. But, uh, you know, we're still looking into it. It was something that happened with the second exorcism that, you know, kind of led us down that path. But that's, you know, for another book and another time. But there there was a second exorcism. So um, it did not go away after the first. Yeah. All right. So, okay, so um, before I really interrupted you there, uh, you were talking about your feelings and and how, you know, the, when the, this thing, um, like, came into you or, or whatever you were, you were speaking about that, if you could kind of elaborate a little bit more about that. So when that happened, the, the next day you were feeling ill, or how did you feel after that? Or did you have, like, more attacks from that basis, or...? I did feel ill the next day. I felt extremely tired. Um, I was I was just completely exhausted. It was almost an out of like you're out of your mind. You're you can't think clearly. Um, mm-hmm. You can't. It's hard to even put like, you know, like it, it's hard to put thoughts together. It was really, you know, it took me a few days to recover. Um, and I had small things happen. I had scratches. I you know I had tried to injure myself a few times in between. Um, and, but things got really bad and, you know, Jason was there and helped as much as he could and God bless him, you know, after even knowing me, you know, is uh, the short amount of time that he did, he, I mean, he was right there and, and never flinched, never flinched and never said, Hey, I'm out of here, you know? And, um, so it was actually on Halloween of 2011 and uh that night that afternoon it was it was before trick-or-treating um my daughter had um, jumped into a bathtub full of water with her halloween costume on and um i mean there's there's nothing you can do about that she's i took it in stride it was not that big a deal i just you know took it off of her and stuck it in the in the dryer everything's fine and then yeah. I I sat on the edge of the tub and bent down to pull the um the the plug out and out of nowhere this growl just it started coming out of me and for for no reason I mean I wasn't angry I was fine I was you know happy in a good mood and this growl it it was worse than it had ever been and it started coming out of me and I knew I started to feel what was happening and I called Jason because once it starts to take hold, you're pretty much at its will at that point, and there's nothing you can do. And I called him and got him on the phone, and I stood in front of my bathroom mirror. And um, I sat there because I didn't know what else to do. And my body started to to twist, um, and my hands turned into, you know, into claw-like. They, they, Kind of like claws. I mean, that's the best way to put it. And my shoulders, my shoulders were uneven, almost like they were like contorted. 
and my face started to get longer and and to change my eyes changed my my brow ridge did everything started to change um I got to the point eventually where I couldn't talk. My 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 feet they almost twisted completely backwards. Um, and I'm awake while this has happened. These sounds are coming. And I t- I spoke to Jason as long as I could before I couldn't talk anymore. And I just sat there. All I could do was sit and just watch this. And um, he prayed. And I eventually, eventually it it did um, it did let me go. And, uh, you know, when when it lets you go, all you can do is just you cry. You're upset and you're bewildered, but you have to pick up and move on because you got kids and you got to take care of your kids. And so that, that, that was my only option. But it was at that point that I realized I needed some help and that this is not gone. And um, that's the day when I decided that I was going to contact the paranormal team. So. Wow. Did does you bother you since? Go ahead. Does this does anything bother you since then? Um, you mean as an attack or anything? Just, yeah. Any. Yeah. Yes. No, because it never really goes away, does it? I mean, I think we learn how to handle it, and the people around us learn how to handle it. But that's something that just, in my experience, and I don't know if it's yours. But, you know, if, if I start playing the cult firewoman, if anybody sees me post that, you better call me because <laughs> something's yeah. going on. You know, when you That's learn, it's a, it's a, it takes a village of Christians. I really think that because did you feel that, <clears throat> for me, I always thought I was just getting sick at my stomach, but someone told me later, you know, it's like a warning sign in your um, solar plexus. It just yeah, gets twisted is. and it makes they you like to go, Yeah, they like to sit in your gut. They like to it like to it like to sit in my gut and it like to kind of burrow through my back and through my stomach, you know, where my ovaries are. Um and wait, it, wait, just a second. Did you guys just say that? Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna replay the show back to see if I hear it, but I don't have any die. Now that if somebody's oh. being silly if somebody's being silly, I swear to God I'll harm for the rest of their life. But that didn't yeah, sound like very, that didn't sound like any, nobody I know on the show or anybody even listening that I know would ever say something like that. But it that's not funny. Uh, they don't yeah. they don't like they don't like it when they're exposed. And I am no, that's why I'm so happy and proud for you that you are coming out talking about this because a lot of people, you know, will take their lives over something like this or they'll they end up in prison because they listen. But, you know, this, yeah. the important part is what, you know, what did you do and what do you do to this day when it when And it that's, well, you know, that's, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a good question. You know, I'm, I'm, there, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, manual for it. And yeah, I do. We do. We do because it's not just I, because when, when you deal with this, it's not just you, it's everyone around you who, who cares about you. And it's people you meet and who become your friend and do it regardless of of what, you know, what's going on. Um, yeah, we do still get affected. Uh, I do still get, um, 
I know there are people who <laughs> don't want to hear it and people who I know and, and care, but I, I do still, I have had attacks still before, um, recently. So, um, yeah. no, this, it, it doesn't, they don't, they don't just go away. They don't, you don't, you know, banish them back to where they came. It doesn't work that way because they don't come from somewhere. They're everywhere. They're around. And they they just need a victim. And I don't know what, you know, what conditions or what what it is that makes someone a target or, or what, you know, I don't know. You, there, you can play with a Ouija board a million times and nothing happened. Or you can play with it once if you're a certain person and it does. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't have to be that. It can be, you know, we're looking, in my case, into into you know history and and um you know generational things we don't I, I don't know and um you'd like to think that there's something you know that can cause it to go away permanently and I'm working on that I'm still going to work on that and um I don't I'm not a victim and I'm not going to be a victim I I refuse to do that this is something that it's important it needs to be talked about and people need to know about it as scary as it is, and it is frightening. It need, it needs to be known because it, it happens to people, and they don't know what it is, or they do, and they do in their lives, or don't know what to do. And um, it's not the end of a person. It's a fight, and it's something that that is ongoing. But you you have to come to a place to where you don't let it overpower you, and you don't let it. Con- completely control your life and um yeah I had to come to that place where I'm not going to be afraid and I'm not I-, I refuse to be to be afraid and to let it run everything I'm not going to do that I mean it affects certain things there are people who you know don't want to come within 10 miles of me <laughs> and um People I knew who think I'm I'm just flat crazy and who don't want anything to do with me because of it. Some of them are my family, and um, I took a risk going public. But if I don't go public, who's going to do that? If I don't talk about it, then who's going to talk about it? It's real. It's not. It's not a movie. It's not um, a script. You know, it, it isn't a book. It's real, and it happens. And as much as people don't want to face it, and Lord knows I did not ever want to think about it, it's something I avoided, it happens. And um, people don't have a resource, and people who go through it don't have anyone to say, hey, this this is what's happening to me. I, I you know, I'm alone. And there's no, you know, we have, we have recovery programs for people with mental problems and, and drug addiction and, and alcohol abuse, but, but there's, no, there's no outlet that people don't know what to do. And as rare as it is, there are people that suffer from it. And there has to be something, you know, that, that, that can be done. There, there has to be a place for people to, to be able to utilize where you can, you know, at least get, get to, to speak to someone who can understand because understanding goes a long way. And, and I have not, I have yet to meet a person who has been possessed. I, I, I have never met a person that has. And, um, so I'm kind of on a quest for that too. So, you know, it's it's not easy, and it's not a it's not a comfortable subject, but it is a subject that that needs to be brought forth. I think in the paranormal community, 
Um, I think everybody's so focused on being famous these days that they've missed the whole point. And the point is that we're supposed to help people. And yeah, that's that wrong. That's somewhere you about that, Cindy. It is all a lot of what you're hearing out there is just either, you know, made up hogwash or a figment of their uh, delusional status. And uh, so, when you do hear a case that has gone has got notoriety for the right reasons, it's, it's kind of nice to hear. And um, I'm glad that you know that I was able to get you on and, and talk about the case. And we got a lot of questions coming in. Um, I'm the lucky one. I get to shoot all the questions. So, uh, one one question uh, that somebody had asked me was, when you were undergoing the exorcism, was that at your house or was that somewhere else? And then part two, I guess part two to that question was, when you were going through the exorcism itself, did you remember what happened afterward, or was it blank, or, or what what was it like after the exorcism the experience? The the exorcism was actually at my house, um, and they uh, they generally want to do exorcisms um, at the place where you know the, the the kind of ground zero for the activity and for everything that that happens. Um, because that you're taking that away, you know, when you're doing this, you're, you're pushing it out because if, if, if you did it at a church and say the, the, the demonic activity is grounded at the house, you know, if there's a portal, maybe you risk that happening, you know, right from the start all over again. So, um, it, it was done at the house. Um, and I do remember, I, I remember, um, a good bit of it, um, to my knowledge. Now, you know, I don't know how many times I blanked out, but um, I, I'm sure, I mean, I know I did because I've spoken to, you know, some of the other people that were there. There were other, um, you know, several other people there. And um, s- several I didn't know, but they were there. And um, Jason was there as well. I do remember a lot of it, um, and it was it was not pleasant. Um, I remember being me, um, and you know, being pushed back really far. But I also remember the thoughts that this thing was thinking, because when they're in you, they're you're thinking the 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 thought process is you know, whatever they are thinking as well. It it becomes it becomes sort of entangled in, in you, in your essence, is the best way I can put it. And um and that's, so you that's where you get power, right? I mean when you when knowledge is power and you use that like like you have a thought and you go, That was not my thought. And so exactly. you recognize that. And then exactly. that's where the power comes in. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Because there comes a point in the whole entire thing where, you know, you become so much a part of it and it a part of you that you lose that line. You lose that fine line between what's me and what's not. And that's where you're in real trouble. But if you can keep your keep it separated, and like now I can do that. 
you know, not, and I don't think that, you know, I'm possessed. I don't, you know, I really, that's not what I believe. I believe that it would, it wants to. And I believe that if given half a chance, these things would, because it's not just an it, it's a day. Um, but I, I'm much more aware as much as it can use things against me, you know, weakness against me. I have that knowledge and I know, I know, you know, what, how how to kind of discern what's not me and um, even around me, just the energy around me. So I can also do that. But um, it, I, I do remember a lot of it. Uh, I, I, you know, after it was over, it was, it was, that was the first piece I had in, in a very long time. I just felt an amazing, you know, people say that they, they feel like everything is just, it's it's amazing there's there's a there's a presence around you that is just the most benevolent you know feeling it's something you want to keep with you you never want it to go away but it did feel that way for several days it felt that way um in the house and it it was an amazing feeling so um yeah it it did you know I, i do remember a lot of it and um afterward was was um it was it was wonderful. It was just amazing. There's a lot of people in prisons that don't get that, you know, when when you have that thought and they don't know how to discern what that is. So, you know, that's it's amazing and so important that you have come out. And it's embarrassing, I know. I mean, when I went through it, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. And you think that it's your fault. You do. And you know what? Most people don't know that, too, that it is humiliating. And it and it is embarrassing, and it it makes you feel guilty. It it makes you just because you know when the paranormal team first came to my house um, the first night, and it was not very long into investigating and doing an EVP session that I got attacked, and it was full blown. And they they had never really dealt with anything like that before. So I meet these people, and within you know a few minutes of meeting them, I'm I'm you know after them essentially and I turn into something completely different and it's it is it is just dehumanizing you know I it's that's one of the big parts there are so many elements and so many facets to it that people don't understand the small things that affect you it's not just you know you see the movie the exorcist and this kid is tied to a bed rolling around and puking up you know pea soup but it's not it's the internal part that's the worst part and what it does to you mentally and spiritually and emotionally that, that really weighs on you and makes you, you know, you're just embarrassed. I've been, I've been attacked in public um, on two separate occasions um, in public places. Uh, one was at a restaurant and one was at a, um, at a pub and I was attacked, you know, pretty full blown at both of those places. And that's embarrassing. That that's that's pretty humiliating because there's nothing you can do. You just have to write it out. And um I didn't know the people that we were with. I I didn't it, they were friends of my sisters and I didn't know them. And here I am sitting at the table with them and this happens. What do you do? I mean, how do how do you explain it? How do you even begin to talk about it? It's um it's intrusive and it it's assaulting to to every part of you. 
Right. And it's also, you know, I've noticed, and in, 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 this is a question that someone asked me to ask you as well, but I know the answer. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> when, when you are going through um, these attacks, are you at a moment where you're feeling weak for some reason? Maybe it's been a bad day. You're tired. You don't feel well, or you're sad about something, or you're feeling insecure. I mean, is there that, yeah, that little absolutely. bitty hole? Yeah, there is, and it it's it can be something very small, very tiny. And the thing is, it's not going to happen every single time that that happens because these things are smart. They wait. They're not like people think where they're just going to come out and get you. No, they they are not going to. People try to provoke and say, you know, come out. I'm here. Face me. They're going to laugh at you and they're going to hide because they're not going to come and get you when you want them to. They're going to wait until it's the prime opportunity and where they can hit you the hardest. And that's exactly what they do. And I don't want you to say it, but has anybody ever gotten a name? Has any, has, has, you know, your friend, I don't don't ever say it. That's one, that's one of my rules. And a lot of people know this is my rule is that I do not, I don't speak that name. But you, you but you did get one. I did. I absolutely okay. did. And I've, I've done a lot of research. Yeah. I myself and other, a few other people have. But, no, I don't say the name. Um, on the show itself, I um, requested that, you know, I did not tell them, but I requested that they use a false name. Um, and they did. They were not going to do that. I, I, I won't do that. It won't be in the book. The book that I'm writing right now, the name is not going to be in the book. It's it's not. I'm not going to broadcast that. It's not no, going to happen. There's a picture uh, that was um, taken by the paranormal team that I've, I have in my possession that is a pretty um, – it, it's, a, it's a strange picture, and it's a picture of one of these things. And it's taken with a full-spectrum camera. So it's in a dark room, and the picture is taken, and it's right there. And that's another thing that I do not – I keep close to me, and I don't I don't just show it. People have asked me, are you going to put it in the book? I'm not. Or are you going to share it? I'm not. There's absolutely no way. Um, there's just as much as, you know, it creeps people out to listen to these interviews. The, the the this other stuff is a whole different level. Um, there's there's video of the exorcism, the first one, and and it's it's archived away, it's locked away, and it's not going to be pulled out. It's not going to be seen. I'm not going to let it be seen. I, I have not seen it, and I, I mean I take it seriously. It's not something to be played with. So yeah, no, I I don't say the name. Well, that that's for you because too many people would play on that, you know, and start calling out this name. They will. I mean, they absolutely will. We, I mean, you know, there there are a couple of famous um, demon names that people tend to gravitate toward. And, I mean, the, all, nothing good can come of it. Um, you... You will, you're going to have people trying to get on Ouija boards and, and contact things, and I'm not going to. I will not be. Um, I will not be the messenger for that. I won't be a person who, who facilitates that. I, I refuse to do that. So, there's a lot I can do, in a positive light without doing those things. And I'm not do. You know, I'm not. I don't want to get famous, and I don't want, you know, to, to be on a show 
I, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing this for. It's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than me. It's, you know, it, this is, I mean, people say, well, we're, you know, we're going to look for demons and all these paranormal people do, but when are you, you know, when are you going to fight it? When are you going to do something to make a difference about it? That's what has to be done. Somebody has got to, to start saying, you know, this can be prevented. There are things you can do to, to you know, that 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 are, are just precautionary so that this might not happen because in some instances it doesn't have to happen. And um, even if you're, you know, playing around with this kind of stuff and not being serious, they don't care. I mean, a door open is a door open. It doesn't matter how it's open. It doesn't matter what the intent is. People say you have to have the intent, and I don't believe that. I believe that if, if there's an opportunity, they're going to seize it, no matter what it is and no matter who does it. And um, it's just that plain and simple. It's Absolutely. It's, and that's the most golden rule, isn't it? You know, you don't say the yeah. name. You don't advertise. You don't give it any power. And those of us who have been through this know this rule. I mean, you just don't. Exactly. I don't even think it in my mind. I mean, I know the name. A few people close to me know the name. But I will yep. never say the name ever because that's just like, you know, advertisement, and I love it when people say, oh, you just, you know, you just want attention. If I wanted attention, I would rather have it for being a rock star or something. I do not want this kind of attention. No, <laughs> I mean, it's just not. You don't set out to do that. There's not ever a time that I can think back and say, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm going to get possessed, and then I'm going to tell everybody about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you don't. You don't. That's not something you even want to fathom. And exactly, you know, as far as putting it out there, I I came to a place where I felt like it was my responsibility to talk about it, and not to mention the fact that it, it's it's a cathartic thing too, because if you just ignore it like it doesn't exist and it never happened then you're never you're never going to get past it and it's real and it happened and it does happen and it's still happening and I'm not going to just ignore it it's it, it's the wrong approach for me and if I can help people in in some way shape or form then why in the world would I not do that why why would I just sit and be complacent if there is if there is a a an opportunity to, to reach out and to help somebody. To me, that that's not even a, I mean, it, it just isn't even an afterthought to me. It, it just, you do it. That's just what you do. I mean, that's how I am. That's such a brave thing. And on top of that, I mean, you, you probably, you know, who knows? Someone may hear this today and go, you know what? This voice I'm hearing is not me. I don't think these things, you know, so maybe I should... Maybe I should pay attention to what what they're saying. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I really do. I mean, that's another reason why I, you know, I do things like this. And, um, you know, I hope to go forward and maybe start speaking publicly. Um, I'm working on a book now and hoping to get that out by summer. Um, looking for a publisher and, um, you know, trying to get everything squared away with that. But the book is, it goes into a lot more detail than the show. And, uh, you know, I just want to be able to use that as a tool to kind of, you know, give people insight as to how it is, just the small things. You know, things like, um, 
the changes that happen to you physically that people don't know about. You know, there were times when I, I was just going about my day, cleaning, doing whatever, and it starts to take hold of you I, in little ways, just little parts of you. When One time I remember not blinking for maybe two hours. I didn't blink. I didn't have to blink. I didn't need to blink. My eyes were just huge. They were wide, and it wasn't me. And there was no reason for me to blink. I did not feel anything. And there were times when I had no appetite at all. I could go days without eating and never hungry. There were times when I could eat, and it disgusted me at the amount that I would eat and never get full. Um, there were just things like that, like drinking a drink, uh, you know, drinking a mixed drink, alcohol. You know, when I would I would do gigs and um, I would people would buy you drinks. That's what you you know you're on stage, you're you're singing. They buy you drinks. I would drink four, five, six, seven, eight. Never be drunk. Never. Ne- it would never phase me. It just didn't phase me, and it was scary. And at that point, it, I got to the point to where it was just so normal. It, I didn't care, and I'm not a drinker. I just don't. And anybody that knows me knows I'm I'm not, you know, a glass of wine now and then is fine, but I've got a really low tolerance. And I didn't. I nothing it it's it, it it messes with you in the weirdest ways that you don't expect. And um I don't know, it's it's frightening. It's frightening that something can actually be so powerful that it manifests in those sort of ways. It's it's just strange. And those are the things that people have no clue about. It is. It's a frightening case to talk about it. Um, speaking of that, Jan Reynolds had some questions too, so I'm going to key her in. Jan, okay. go ahead and uh, talk to Cindy here for a little bit. Uh, Cindy, uh, you were saying how you can sense uh, entities around you now, and is it true what they say that? Well, it has to be, but that we really do walk between good and evil. Yeah, you know what? In a in a way, you do, and I I know that now I'm um, more sensitive uh, than before. I, I always was able to kind of, you know, feel things and think things, but um, I'm very much more in tune with it and more sensitive now than. than I ever was and um, you everybody does but they just don't know that they walk that line I'm just a hell of a lot more aware of it than most people are because these things are they're not hiding you know in some dark hole off off in in a forest somewhere or an old abandoned building they're everywhere and um, I, I know when they're around I can tell. I can tell when a lot of things are around. I can tell when when there are are people who passed on or around. Um, I don't necessarily tap into that, although I I have a little bit more lately because I'm getting a lot a lot more aware of of how to you know block things and be more defensive. But um, yeah, it's they're definitely. I mean, it's it's hard to explain, but. It's definitely something you have to be you have to be very careful of, and very aware of because they they like to play games and they like to mask themselves. So you do walk a line between 
good and evil. I mean, you can't have one without the other. They both are there. But um, you just have to figure out which is which. And that's the hard part. Well, what do you recommend to all these uh, paranormal investigators? I recommend whatever works. I know that sounds crazy, but um, I think that uh, protection for everybody is as individual as the person themselves. Um, I think beliefs go a long, long way. Whatever your belief system is, uh, you hold on to that because energy is power and faith is power, whatever that faith may be. And I myself am, am a Christian. I grew up a Christian. Um, I believe very much in God and, and in Jesus Christ. I, but there are other things that I that I feel, too, that are important. Um, and not anything to do with any sort of, you know, black magic or anything like that. But there are, there are you know, some Native American uh, practices that I also include in things um, that work for me, too. Uh, I like to sage because, well, first of all, it smells great. And it's, it's a very protective thing. Um, I recommend saging. I recommend saging houses. And I recommend saging people. Um, I have holy water that I keep on a, you know, around all the time. So if I feel anything a little bit off or weird, um, mm-hmm. I like to douse holy water around. So those are my two big things. Um, I also have a person who's, you know, like recommending stuff. So there are some other things that I'm going to start trying, and I'll let everybody know. But but like I said, your belief goes a long way. And what you believe will work for you and, and believe is protection is definitely important. Um, uh, you know, St. Michael, the Archangel, a medal, that works. I, I'm a, I believe in that. Um, uh, rosaries, I try to wear rosaries. I go through them quite a bit, probably a lot more than most people do. So, um you know, on and off, I will have a rosary on, but it usually only lasts a few days to a week, and then it's busted. So, you know, wow. it's, it's whatever works. You know, I, I used to always uh, say the Lord's Prayer. It's one of my favorite. I remember saying the prayer at this one house in Southeast Portland that I was at, and uh, man, I was really getting into the Lord's Prayer, and I was walking down the stairs, and something kicked me in the small of my back, and I actually went down three flights of stairs. Uh, luckily enough, I didn't break my neck. But, uh, you know, seriously, the uh, Lord's Prayer, is a it's a powerful prayer. And a lot I, of, say it, yes. I say the Lord's Prayer all the time. I say that. I say the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. That, to yes. me, is an extremely effective and important one. Um, I recommend that, too, for... For paranormal investigations, for people who are, you know, doing that, that that's a powerful one. Um, that one, to me, is one of the most powerful. So, um, you know, any sort of, any any sort of, um, I don't want to say a weapon, but anything that you can that you can use to kind of, uh, you know, make yourself feel protected. There, there's power in in the name of Jesus. There's power in prayer. Everybody knows that, you know, and it's true, and it works in the, these cases too. Um, sage, I don't know why that works. I guess because maybe they don't like it. 
and it's something that's very pure. So, um, but read up on it and do it the right way because if you don't do it the right way, it's largely ineffective. So I also learned that. Right, right. Um, so we had another question, and they want me to ask you if you're empathic. And before you answer that, from what you're telling me with the experience you had when you were a young child, I think you said at the age of around five, um, I, and this is my opinion, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I, I'm sensing that based on your experiences and in, in your battle versus good versus evil, that you're empathic as well as uh, intuitive. Would that be fair to say? You know, <laughs> I'm not really sure because that's been so kind of, I don't know, it's not that it hasn't been important, but it's been something that I, I didn't really ever put a label on, and I, and I still don't. I don't really feel like I need to. Um, oddly enough, and I, w- I was speaking to someone else who, who did the same thing we were talking, and she's um, very much a sensitive person, but I told her, I just call it my spidey sense, and um, that's that's what I call it. I, I don't want to put a label on it. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why. I don't know, but but it just is what it is because I feel like if I say it's something or it's something else, that, that just kind of limits what it is, and I don't know where, you know, where the boundaries are with it. Um, I just know it is it's there, and I know that, you know, it it, it happens, and, and I can I can um, tap into it. I'll, I'll put it that way, but um, I, I don't know. I just it's it's my spotty sense, so uh, I think that's what I'm going to keep calling it. Yeah, I can understand. So okay, so now your in your case, you went through two exorcisms. So you went through the first exorcism. We're getting we're kind of going back to that. So that was done, and then. You can. What happened after the exorcism? That the original, the first one. Um, after the first one, uh, everything stayed pretty calm. But I knew at that point that I really needed to. There were a few things I needed to do. One was I needed to lay my husband to rest. I had his ashes um, still with me. So um, part of the the um, thing that uh, the priest talked about with me is that, um, you know, to take those and, and do what I needed to do with those. So I did uh, where he wanted to be. So it was that was really important. Um, it was special. I did that, and then I wanted to move. And so we moved. Um, I sold the house, and we moved to a new place and started over. And um, everything was good. It was it was amazing to finally start over. I'd never, I'd never had that kind of um, opportunity before. And I had my kids, and, you know, I was seeing Jason. And uh, things were just good. So I started over and was was excited and happy. And um, it was about spring that next year um, because we moved um, around, we moved around March. And it was probably April, May of that year. Um, everything was good. But I was sitting on my back deck in the new house talking to my friend on the phone. And I, I got attacked in the broad daylight. Um, and uh, so it, it started over again. 
So how long was it then? Okay, so this this phenomenon started happening again. So then what was the next move? Did you call the same people to come in, or what, what, what transpired from that? Um, I, I called them. I, I did call them. And, um, you know, they, they, we had things going on. Um, the, the show had contacted me, the, um, Destination America. Um, they, they had contacted me about, you know, doing an episode at that point. And, um, so it was New Dominion Pictures is what the, the company is called. And, uh, I agreed to do that. So it was about, that time we thought maybe that it knew something was coming and was just trying to, you know, badger. So I really tried to hang on to the belief that maybe, you know, it was just trying. But, you know, a, a couple of weeks went by and things were getting worse and I, things just got completely out of hand the second time. It, it was, um, yeah, it just, it got extremely overwhelming. Um, it, it took... You know, it took a few months for it to really ramp up, but it did. And bad things happened, and they they happened pretty rapidly. Um, when we did the uh, the filming for the show, it was in August of that year. Um, you know, in June, July things were okay, but August things went to hell in a handbag. Um, some things I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to speak them into the into the you know into the the air into the atmosphere. So I'm going to not speak of those things because they're extremely bad and there are things that still upset me and I won't talk about. But um, I did, during the interview, um, my interview ran over and Father um, Darren's interview, Benedict Simpson, um, he he arrived a little bit early. So our interviews kind of ran together, which we wanted to avoid. But we didn't. So um, not long after he arrived, he was not in the building, I got attacked during the interview on film. So when they were speaking to me, it hit me like a break. And um, that was when I kind of thought this is not good again. Um, they they did dump the, the reel. They didn't, you know, they, they destroyed that. Um, and they... It was a shock to them, too. It was, um, you know, it, it took everybody off guard. But um, I did finish the interview. I spoke to uh, the priest, and we stayed in contact. And it got really bad so that around the same time the year previous, which was around the end of November, beginning of December, uh, he had, he said he wanted to come back out and talk to me. And I knew what that meant. I knew that he didn't want to say anything, and I knew he was preparing again for a full-on exorcism, but I didn't want, you know, he he didn't want to say that. He just said he wanted to talk. So he, the second exorcism, he brought a few people with him, and he brought another priest, and um, we approached it and, and tackled it from a different, um, different angle. So, uh, you know, we hit it in a different way, but um, it you know, I did have to have the the second exorcism that next year. Um, Cindy, when you were saying earlier about 
how you feel. This may have originated in, uh, it's passed down to your ancestors. Uh, are you pretty certain of that, or was it something at that house? We're pretty certain that it's something generational. Um, the reason being is that um, I'm not the only one in my family to have experienced something um, similar, not a possession, but to encounter these things. Um, some of my siblings have as well. And uh, I saw these things in the house I grew up in. And the house I grew up in had a lot of bad activity um, when I got a little bit older. There, and I, I won't say names or anything, but there were some, a person, there was a person who uh, at one point uh, forced me to participate in things that I was, did not want to do um, as far as, you know, like Ouija boards and auto writing and um, um, out of body, you know, astral kind of projecting things like that, divining. Uh, but I, I won't, you know, I'm not going to elaborate on that either because I'm not, you know, I'm not here to do that. Uh, but even before that, I have discovered some things about people even before I was born who may have been dabbling in things and other family members who were adults when I was a kid who were dabbling in things on the property. So uh, the more we look into it, the more we think that, that this is something that's been around um, and been in my family for a while. The, there's a, there are some things that point to it. Uh, there was a, there was a stint in my family for several generations where there were no boys on one side of my family. Um, and my grandmother had a son. He died when he was a baby. Her mother had no sons. Uh, my mother had one son after five children, and he was sick when he was born. My aunt had a son who almost died. My sister had two little boys, and they both died. My niece had a little boy who died. Um, my cousins had all girls. Um, I had four girls, and I did have a boy, finally. After the second exorcism, I had a son. But it, it was rare in my family for boys to be born until the breaking of the curse that happened at the second exorcism. So it's um, there are a lot of things that point to something generational that was going on. Wow. I know, it's crazy. It's, you know what, it's it's so involved, and I wish there was like, you know, I wish there was a way to, to give you the whole story in Cliff's Notes. There's so much more that goes to it, but the more we dig, the more we find out. And um, it's pretty deep, and there are there are layers to it, you know, other than just, and that's another thing that people, you know, people don't know is it's not just the act of, of the exorcism or the incident of the possession. It's, it, it spreads out. It's, it's like throwing a rock into a lake. It, there are ripples. It's a ripple effect. And it just, it, it goes out from there. So um, there, there's just so much to it. You know, I've asked um, 
well, I've asked myself a lot of questions, but one has always been when I was young, four years old, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my grandpa was a preacher, and I lived with he and my mamma, and then he died, but um, while I was living in the house, I had a make-believe friend that was so real. I mean, I know his name, (laughs) but my mamma used to set the table for him. I would play outside with him. You know, this this was very, very, very real in my head, so much to the point that when we went to church, nobody could sit on him. <laughs> so I'm wondering, did you ever have any experiences like that, speaking of lawyers, when you, when you were younger? Absolutely. I did. I had one, and, and he lived in the um, – we had a, a little well house that covered our well outside, and he lived in there. And I would go and get him out every day. I would go and open the door and take him out, and we would play. Um, I was kind of a solitary, even though I had a lot of brothers and sisters, I'd play with them, but I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had him. And um, I actually lived with my grandparents as well. We lived in a split house. So my grandfather and grandmother lived right beside us as well. And um, yeah, he was with me a lot and I would do the same thing. He was always there. He was, you know, don't mess with him. Don't, don't sit on him. And he played with me and, and ate snacks with me. Yeah, I, I, I did have that as well. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've looked back many times, you know, trying to think of, you know, what, where could have this happened? Where did it come from? But as long as I can remember, I mean, when I was four years old, I remember this, this, who presented himself as a child, you know, and and now in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, you know, I just wonder, it just, it just makes me wonder. It does make you wonder. There's so much to think about and so much to ponder when, you know, when you're faced with it. You wonder what did, was it something I I did that I could have done differently? Or, you know, did someone do this? Did, I mean, there are so many questions that it would be so nice to get answers to. Because if you could get answers, maybe you could fix it. You know, maybe you could, you could solve it. But, you, you know, I it's, that's one of the things, too, that, that people don't realize is that you think about it a lot and you carry that with you because it affects people around you. And I'm one of those people, and you are, too, that you don't want to affect people. You, you don't want to do that to people around you. you right. Just you don't. Put it right here, right now, so it doesn't go any further. You know, yes. with our kids. Exactly. I'll tell you what, I had when, when my uh, make-believe friend left. So everybody was like, so where did he go? Because I started telling, you know, I didn't tell people don't sit on him or don't, you know, you need to set the table for him. And I remember telling, and my mom always tells a story or used to tell it, that I said he fell off the car and died. He's gone. Well, the other day I was driving down the road with my grandson, and he said, do you remember, and my head spun around like a real exorcist when he said this. He said, do you remember when I fell off the car? And I, and I just oh made blood just ran cold. I was like, okay, oh my goodness. who says that? You know, who would even, what would make him say that? And and so the answers, I need answers, you know, and that's something yeah. that we really need to study. You can't go to college and study this. You, you can't, know? and we absolutely do. I agree. There. This is what needs to be researched in in this field. This is what needs attention. 
I agree because the veil is getting thinner, as you know. The world is evolving, and and there's good, and there's evil, and and knowledge is power. And I think that we really do need answers. I mean, hopefully someday you can go to college and find out. I agree. I agree. I think that the paranormal and and this, you know, the supernatural aspects of the paranormal should be really investigated more. We want answers. Um, Yeah. You know, and. Speaking of answers, I got somebody that called in queue, and I'm going to key them in right now. So, uh, Nebraska, you're on the line. Did you have a question for Cindy's hour? Hi, Evan. This is Heather. How are you? Hi. Heather, how are you? Hi there. How are you? Um, yeah, I've got a. I've got actually several questions. I was going to join in and see um, and give my spec on it. Um, I took psychology. I'm in school right now for criminal justice, homeland security, and they actually in the in the psychology book had parapsychology. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And and they they didn't they said it was a psychology, but it was it wasn't something that was tangible, that was real, that was and that. I was looking at it and hitting my head on the ground going, oh, jeez. But what I wanted to ask is, was the land cursed as well? Um, I think that the uh, the place where I grew up, I very much believe that that land is cursed. Um, I've done research on the area itself, and there are, there are several things that point to that. And um, I think that when there there's a recipe for lack of a better term for disaster and and things just sort of coincide and line up the right way that there's no telling what what energy can do and what what can what can happen but um i i do believe that the land where i grew up had a was cursed i do believe that the reason why i'm asking Oh, sorry. (laughs) The reason why I'm asking is because I see blood everywhere, and I see three people involved. That would make sense. Um, We found, um, actually, in our yard, and we never really got to the bottom of it, um, but we found graves in my yard when I was a child, and they were just sunken in holes, you know, about the size of a coffin. Uh, there were, in one area of my yard, maybe five or six of these. So we never got to the bottom of that. Um, I know that the land used to be um, a plantation at one time, and our house was over where a blacksmith shop was. But I also know that there was a place up the street that is a very large granite um it's a natural occurring phenomenon it's you know almost a mountain and it's granite and there is a lot of satanic worship that occurred um as a child there um a lot of bad things would happen in that area and blood i can see that there was a young man there was actually actually when i was a kid and this is just it all is crazy um there was a serial killer um who was kidnapping children about my age in Atlanta, and he did dump one of the bodies behind our house in in the river. 
um, and the little boy was found back there. So it, it's it, the land is just tainted. It really was. It, it had blood on it for for a good, you know, I, I don't know what the, you know, radius would be, but but it was it was not good. It's very very dark land. What do you do now to protect yourself? I pray. I sage. I wear metals. Um, I'm actually getting some ghost beads. Sounds silly, but it's it's something that is uh you know tied to the Native American aspect of things. I try different things. I have holy water. Um, okay. you know, just it, it's what what makes me feel empowered and stronger. And, and I try different things to see what see how effective it is. But um, uh, I, I also have been speaking to people and practicing putting up a wall. I guess a protective barrier, and uh, I very much try to do that. I'm working on that part of it because I'm proactive. I don't like to sit and just, you know, let it happen. You know, I, I've got to fight. I'm just a fighter. I'm a warrior. That's what I am. So I'm not going to sit down and take it. So um, I've I've started learning different techniques that that are actually starting to help. I use Palo Santo wood. I have not heard of that. It is. Um, you can get it at a lot of metaphysical stores. Okay. Um, that and you get you burn it only for a minute, and you can get it in sticks or you can get it um, in shavings, and that gets rid of negative energy real quick. And, really. And it's. Uh, I I recommend that to anybody who's who's faced with negative energy or has negative energy in my home. See, mm-hmm. I have goats in my house. Ah, okay. And so, um, thank goodness, knock on wood, that I haven't been possessed or anything like that. Well, I but, appreciate that very much. And this is another reason why I so much, I enjoy doing these things, because because you get to talk to people that you would otherwise not get to talk to and, and, and learn things that, you know, I didn't know. So, this is something that I can, you know, add to what I do. And um, I appreciate it very, very much. We're here to help you. The, the the paranormal community is here to help you. That um, means a lot. And not just the paranormal, but also priests. I mean, I'm spiritually Catholic, and I can't – I have a, a – a, a, budding exorcist who is in my my church mm-hmm. and I believe it at first but oh, yeah. nobody does <laughs> yeah I was just wow um and yeah. so the best best thing is just never fear never let them see fear you can't you absolutely can't you have to come to a place where you know where where you're not afraid that that's a that's a huge factor um no matter what and that's a hard that's a hard thing to do sometimes but you can't because that's you're giving them what they want i agree with that 100% right and you don't know how strong you are i mean from what i'm feeling is that you're probably one of the strongest people i've ever met I'm learning that. <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. Uh, I'm 
you know, I think back now I'm in a place where you know, I can really look look at what happened. And I'm learning that I'm, I'm a little bit stronger than I than I thought I, I was. And if I'm that strong, then then I have to be able to help other people. I do. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. That's the way I look at it. And if I just squandered this away and just wasted it and didn't do something to help people with it, then, you know, what good would that be? So I appreciate that very much. I really do. Well, yeah. it's good. It's it's good, you know, to to be strong and so forth, Cindy. And it, it helps you move forward with whatever you have to do in life, and it helps you also get through this particular situation that you experienced. <clears throat> and I just think that. You being able to get out the story after going through quite you know quite an ordeal here is, is really remarkable. I'm going to say something that I don't usually stick my neck out for the record very often, not in this manner. But I really investigated your story and tried to find any loopholes or anything about any irregularities in it. And even since 2009, the story has been exactly the same no fluctuations or anything and and so it's really nice to hear a story that hasn't changed a billion times. You know the deal. You've probably seen it yourself out there and so I have. it's been a really real pleasure uh to get you on the show today. And well, I appreciate uh, it. you know, I really enjoyed hearing about your case, although I'm not going to those YouTube videos for an extended <laughs> period. I'm probably That's a chicken today, you know. Uh, but no, your story is one that is it's really eerie, and I wanted to talk about this for just a couple of minutes. I, I was doing some investigations, and a uh, former high school, high school uh, friend called me and said, hey, I, I, I'm giving piano lessons for this lady, and she's got something really bad going on in her house. And I thought, well, yeah, whatever. There's nothing going on there. and I So I agreed to take you know, the call. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took the call and, and uh, went to the place. And, and you know, what's, you were talking about your case and, and seeing this big um, image or, or light source or energy source or whatever it might have been. And, you know, her story was similar to that. She kept seeing these types of things. Um, and she'd seen them out in her yard all the time and then in the bedrooms and so forth, the house. And, and it, it was it just kind of made me think like gosh this was kind of similar in a weird way um you know it was, the case was similar to what you were talking about you know yeah. and and it ended up being too much for me i i gave the case up and said hey this is way this is way about me i, I just don't you know um give it. she was catholic and after being there for her, i just give up and give it to the the catholic church oh, yeah. and, you know yeah, you uh, can't get in over your head. You definitely can't, can't. you know, you can't get in over your head. It's not. I think some paranormal groups um, do that sometimes without knowing it, and uh, it's important to know when to when to, when to uh, kind of back out and let someone else take over. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess uh, there's more questions coming in here. Okay. We're, we're kind of winding down the show a little bit here. 
Evan, uh, Evan Ed's called in. Yes. Uh, let's see if he had some questions. Uh, we can find out. Um, Ed, uh, Ed Becker has actually called in. His case, Cindy, have you uh, ever heard about his case? Or have you read his book, True Haunting, about the first live exorcism on NBC? Um, I have, I, I think I've heard a little about it. It's not something that I've, I've really investigated. It's a really good case. If you Google the book, you'll be able to get to his uh, Amazon uh, author's page. And speaking of books, you're working on a book as well, are you not? I am working on a book. I was actually writing a little while ago before I, uh, I took a break to, to come and talk to you guys. Very, very cool. When do you uh, do you have an estimated time when that might be coming out? We are shooting for this summer, so that that's what we're Ooh. shooting for tentatively, and we'll see. It's been a work in progress, and it's been, um, you know, it's it's had a little, a few hiccups and bumps, as you can imagine. And um, oh yeah, well, I imagine I'm working on a book myself. It's called Evil Innocence. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so hard to write for a period of extended time. I mean, I'm getting phone calls, doing shows, talk, talking to guests, interrupted, yeah. the dogs, the cats, the wife. I mean, it, absolutely things, right? So, yeah, it's it, it. There are definitely hiccups and bumps. Or you might write three chapters, say, you know, that sucks. I'm going to scratch all that <laughs> out, and rewrite it again, and yeah, and, I do. It's just hard to write, you know. When you're when you're writing it, you're living this moment that you're that you went through, and you're living it for an extended amount of time because it takes, you know, an hour and a half to write what happened in a few minutes. So it's it's, you know, it's mentally, you know, it's mentally draining at times. So, but but I'm getting there. So um, I, I'm kind of you know hammering down on it, and got some people that are pushing me and making me write, even though I, I really don't, you know, I I kind of get mad at them and procrastinate, but, but they hold me to it. So we're getting there. And I'm not saying this happened to me, but if you ever go to Bob Larson and he picks you out of the audience in the very beginning and hits you in the head with the Bible, you might need to read Cindy's book. You know, sometimes we have to laugh about these things because that takes away the power. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do, and I laugh a lot because it, it does take away that power. And, um, you know, I, I'm just not going to be sad, you know, and I've got, I've got kids who just are adorable and make me laugh every single day. Good things are, are wonderful. I, I appreciate good things probably more than most people do. And, um, that's what I thrive on. You know, it, you have to laugh. What else are you going to do it, when you, you've got to take it and be able to make a joke. Because that, that's sure. what keeps you going. That's what keeps you keeps your keeps you focused and 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 kind of grounded in reality. So if I yeah. laugh about things, that's that's what it's for. Yeah, and I've got an article that I wrote that I want to mention today. I want you to read. It. I'll send you a link. It's called Obsession. And I think when you read the article, you're going to be like, Yep, yep, yep. You're going to know exactly what it's about. It's when you obsess about. You know, if you're involved in something like some kind of a demonic uh, yeah. influence or whatever, and you you know you obsess about it and so on, and 
it, it's a lengthy article about it and how dangerous it can be, what happens, the telltale signs. Uh, you probably have experienced some of that yourself. Yeah. Well, um, in all fairness here, I know that we I said we do about an hour and a half there, uh, mm-hmm. Cindy. So if you could do me a favor and tell people where they can find you on your website, although they pretty much know they can come to my page or the show page and find information there. I'll also be putting up your more of your YouTube videos. Okay, great. Uh, so, so that way, you know, people can come and listen too. But if you could just uh, tell us about your your website or your YouTube uh, links, um, I've got that would be great. Okay, I've got a. I'll have to. I'll post the YouTube links on um, my public figure page. Uh, I have a public figure page, and it is Cindy Sour, um, public figure. And I also have a page for the book, and it's. The Possession of Cindy Sauer. So either one of those, you can find links to the um, the TV episode, A Haunting. You can also find links to the YouTube shows and any other um, interviews I've done. But I'll go ahead and post things up top so that everybody can see, but you can find it there. You can also on there find um, a link to my Twitter and to um, my Instagram. So... That's how I keep everybody updated on things. And I'm going to update everybody on the book. I'm actually planning on um, posting a snippet of the book just to get a little bit of an opinion and see, make sure I'm 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 writing this in a, in a way that translates well, just to get some feedback. So uh, I'm probably going to do that this week. Yeah. I'm, okay, very cool. And I'm sure that you are and will be. Um, yeah, when you get it, uh, send me a copy or let me know where I get it. And uh, maybe my book will be out at the same time and we can trade books. And, That's uh, great. That would be great. All right, Cindy Sauer, your story, your exorcism. Um, I thank you for being on the show tonight, for sharing with us and for answering some actually pretty tough questions. Um, but that said, I'm, I'm very confident that we would all like to have you back on the show again. Um, you know, I mean, we didn't touch bases on many things. Obviously, you can only get so much done on one show. But what a great guest you are. Very appreciative to hear to have heard from you today. Um, Kelly uh, Griffin, I want to say thanks to her for coming on and spending time with us. And also uh, with Grandma uh, Jan Reynolds. Yes, that's her name, Grandma. <laughs> Shuttling on and helping us out. I didn't. I can't hear you. No, I can't hear you. We still ain't gonna get it. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, um, everybody, you know, just uh, be well. Stay safe out there if you're paranormal investigating anything. Uh, Be prepared. Be safe. Stay vigilant. Be well and uh, try to treat people with the respect that you would give them. With that said, everybody, this is Beyond Reality Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Evan Jensen, and uh, we will see you all back here at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Gripe Show this coming Thursday. It's going to be one hell of a show I have lined up. With that said, everybody, have a great night. And again, thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you so much.
Good night, everyone. Thank you, Cindy. Good night, everybody. Good night, thanks, guys. Good night, Cindy. I'll talk to you outside the show. Absolutely. All righty. All right, thanks. Good night now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.